Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So, my husband passed away unexpectedly last year. So, it's March 4th, was a one year anniversary for us, and um, he was 39. It completely took us all by shock. Corey Richens wrote a book about helping her children grieve after the loss of their father. Now she is charged with murdering him. I'm Anjanette Levy, and welcome to Law & Crime's Sidebar Podcast. Eric Richens died on March 4th of 2022 in his home in the Park City area of Utah. Police say he died of an overdose of fentanyl and that his wife, Corey, poisoned him with a Moscow mule. She was arrested this week and charged with murdering Eric and possession of a controlled substance. Court documents claim Corey told police that she slept in one of her children's rooms the night Eric died without her cell phone and that she later found him dead. But the documents say her cell phone showed movement at that time and text messages from the time had been deleted. The documents also state that Corey Richens had asked a drug dealer for, quote, some of that Michael Jackson stuff. Michael Jackson died of an overdose of propofol, a drug used in surgery as anesthesia. Just recently, Corey Richens appeared on the local news in Utah to promote a book she wrote about grieving entitled, Are You With Me?, she wrote that book for her three children. I'm new to all of this, so kind of doing all, you know, research and reading books and things to try and understand, you know, not only how to grieve as a widow, as a, as a wife, but also, you know, with my kids, how to help them, how to help them understand what just happened. It's also been reported that Eric had written Corey out of his will and that he actually believed that she was trying to poison him. The couple had also been arguing over the purchase of a home for $2 million, according to KPCWTV. Eric didn't want to buy the home, and Corey closed on it the day after Eric died. She later resold it. I spoke with John Lusich about this case. He is an expert in computer forensics and also a retired police officer. Well, I spent five years in uniform and the rest of the time uh, as a uh, an investigator with the Attorney General's Office, Organized Crime Bureau, and I worked a lot of cases, including some homicides. Um, and they have a lot of evidence against her right now, just in um, dealing with the drug dealer and, and dealing with uh, the insurance company and partners um, and her attempt to move things around. Um, that is just part of it. And that's an overwhelming amount of evidence. The fact that he was poisoned first, got very sick, and then she bought more drugs and he, he passed away as a result of that. And I'm sure they're going to uh, gather supporting evidence, such as the digital evidence that comes from cell tower dumps and cell phones and other digital devices. But it, I, the way I see this is that she's got, they've got a lot of overwhelming evidence against this woman. It also discusses this complaint, it talks about her phone. It showed it was locked and unlocked multiple times. And this was movement recorded on the phone. I'm assuming that's the Celebrate analysis of her phone. Uh, is that right? And so your um, phone tracks your health a lot of times. It tells you how many steps you've actually taken. We've actually worked a case where the, the phone was supposed to be uh, off 
and yet it was moving around. Um, somebody else was using this gentleman's phone. So yet, yet there's a lot of artifacts on a phone. Now, an artifact could be one email message, could be one log, it could be one picture, um, but there are a lot of other artifacts that show that people were logging in, logging out. You can actually see that in the log, dates and times, as well as the movement and so much other stuff that depending upon the apps that you have on your cell phone. One thing that's interesting to me is that some of these messages, and that this always raises a red flag, you know, you've got her calling 911 and there are messages sent and received according to this, but then they were later deleted. Right. And they can tell that they were deleted. And while they might not be able to tell the exact second they were deleted, if it came in at 1035 and 10 seconds, then, and it was deleted, it was at least deleted at 1035 and 10 seconds or, and or after, right? But before the cops were able to gather that. So when someone takes the affirmative action to delete something, that's nefarious, right? They're trying to hide something. But a lot of times, uh, Celebrite and other, you know, uh, forensic products could bring that back depending upon how long goes by. Because remember, we use our cell phones so much more than we use our computers. They're on all the time. They're with us. Unlike our computers, it's got the smallest storage space. So things get overwritten within days and weeks rather than weeks and years. And that's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.